Let's begin with prayer. Dear God, this morning, as we listen to your word, we hear the invitation to go out of our comfort zones and to enter into what might be dangerous territory. God, we pray this morning that you would open our hearts, open our minds, and give us teachable spirits to be reminded that you always go with us and go ahead of us. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. La paz de Dios, the peace of the Lord. I'm reminded of those words as we shared them just two weeks ago on a Sunday when we were worshiping with a, a group of folks in Tijuana, Mexico, with the uh, Mexico mission trip. And we're going to be sharing more about that trip in a, in a couple weeks, but I wanted to share just a few things kind of to give you a, a preview, kind of a, a teaser for what we'll be sharing in more detail in a few weeks. Because these texts reminds me about some of our trip and how the invitation comes to go on a journey, to go out of our comfort zone. Jesus' instructions to the 70 read from the message translation says this, on your way, but be careful, this is hazardous work. Yes, it was true on our mission trip when you tried to use the skill saw or climb on the roof. It was hazardous work. Travel light, comb and toothbrush, and no extra luggage. We were told to pack light, and that's something that was not very easy for me, but we did the best we could. But the thing that really stood out to me in the gospel lesson was the phrase, eat whatever is set before you. And we sure did. Such good food, amazing meals. Everywhere we went, there was food and people that wanted to feed us. And at the church we worshiped up at, at it was the pastor's birthday, and she had made tamales for all of us, 25 of us, that she fed. And it was like that everywhere. On our work site, the women were building homes for wanted to feed us. And we were even at a taco stand one night where we were having dinner, and a, a woman, a complete stranger, came up to us and said, are you those Americans who have come to build houses here? And we said, yes. And she said, I want to cook for you. I want to give you my phone number, and the next time you come, I'm going to cook for all of you. That's the kind of hospitality that we experienced on the mission trip, and I didn't ever imagine that you could actually gain weight on a mission trip. <laughs> but this is true. And it just reminded me how food and spending time together over a meal can build relationship and can be a way to express the la paz de Dios, that peace of the Lord, which we exchanged at worship on that Sunday with people we had never met before. And most of us didn't speak the same language. We didn't share the same culture. But God's peace and love could break through those barriers. And we shared peace with those with whom we built homes. And we blessed them. The peace of the Lord. 
So in today's first reading from the Hebrew scripture, there's also a story about the hazardous journey of crossing cultural barriers. And I'd like to turn to that story. It's a story of a man who travels out of his comfort zone. And through some struggle, he finally comes to accept God's peace and healing. The main character is Naaman. He's a, a powerful guy. He's the commander of the army, a mighty warrior, had won many battles. But the one battle that he could not win was the battle he had with a skin disease, with leprosy. And no matter how hard he tried, he was powerless to defeat it. But fortunately for him, his wife's servant girl, who had been captive and was a slave, had come from Israel. And she knew of a mighty prophet from her country, the prophet Elisha. Now, to give a little contrast, we have to remember that uh, Israel was not on friendly terms with their Aramean neighbors. So it would mean that this powerful warrior would have to accept help from the very people that he had warred against. But when you have leprosy and this is your only hope for a cure, you take the risk. So Naaman, with the support of his king, whom he served, was sent to the rival king of Israel, armed only with a letter of recommendation and 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. He did not pack light. He would not have made the cut on the mission trip. When the king of Israel read the letter, he was less than hospitable. In fact, he was downright angry. He tore his clothes in rage and threw a tantrum because he saw this as a threat. It was a way for the king of Aram to pick a fight with him. He knew he could do nothing to heal this man who had come to him. But when Elisha, the prophet, hears about it, he tells the king to chill out and agrees to meet with Naaman. So Naaman, filled with hope, goes on this journey to meet with Elisha. Only when he gets there, the prophet does not come out to greet him, does not show him much hospitality. Instead, he sends his servant to give him a set of instructions. Go and wash yourselves seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. Well, that sounds easy enough. It's sort of like eat what is set before you. But here's where the story gets interesting. What if you don't like the instructions? Or what if you don't like the food? Or maybe if it's against your religion to eat it, or you have dietary restrictions, then what? You know, Naaman is a powerful guy. He's admired by many, and he's used to being served and having people take orders from him. So when Elijah disses him, Naaman is like, he didn't even meet me. And he didn't put his hand over the spot to heal me like I thought he would. And now he wants me to go bathe in some dirty Jordan River? 
when we have much cleaner, better rivers right here in my hometown. And Naaman is not going to do it. He would rather suffer from leprosy than go wash himself in that foreigner's dirty water. There is no shaman Naaman. No, sir. So what's going on with Naaman? Why not just follow the prophet's instructions? It seems so simple. Well, perhaps he's dealing with his pride. And on the other end, his shame. His own shame over having leprosy. He's proud and at the same time he's broken. And he doesn't know what to do, it's a struggle. And so he goes to his fallback, the familiar power stance. He may still have leprosy, but at least he leaves with his pride intact. He won't look the fool. Well, I'm wondering if this story may sound a bit familiar. Have you ever had a moment like that, a Naaman moment? Perhaps a time when you've put yourself out there, you travel out of your comfort zone, maybe to a different place, maybe to a different culture or language, a new unfamiliar experience, And it's there you begin to realize your limits, that you are not in control, that you too are broken, that you too are in need of healing. It felt like there were many moments like that on our our trip to Mexico. So I just want to share one Mexico story about um, my Naaman moment. Spoiler alert. There, are, there's, there was a lot of hammering to do when we were building houses. And my name and moment was when I had to hammer. I usually feel pretty sure of myself and think, you know, I can go build a house. That doesn't seem so difficult, but really, I am not so good at construction. I have taken a hammer and I've hammered a little tack into a wall and put a picture on it. But on day two, after the painting was done, and now it was time to really get down to hammering, I had to go to work. And as I began to tap, 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 and nothing was happening, the board was winning over the nail, going in and not popping out, I had to no longer dodge that need that I had to learn how to hammer. And so a kind prophet came to me and said very gently, would you like some help? To which I replied, yes, please. See, I have very little pride when it comes to my lack of hammering skills. And he gently showed me how to properly hammer, where to hold the hammer to get the most leverage out of it, and to let the hammer and the gravity do the work to drive the nail into the board. When I tried it, it was still hard, but it was working. Then he offered his hammer to me. To be truthful, I thought, what's wrong with my hammer? It's a pretty yellow color. I like it. I picked it out. It has a nice wrapped handle. What's wrong with my hammer? 
You want me to use your red hammer? You know, red is not my color. But I decided to try his red color hammer. And you know what? It was much easier. So from then on, I used that hammer. And I became better at driving in nails. And I thought of how many times in my life that this was a metaphor, where I can let my pride get in the way of just letting the hammer do its work. And I think of times when I must just be going tap, 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 and nothing happens. And God must be just standing there going, would you like some help? And instead of trying so hard to do it your own way or with less than optimum tools, to be able to let go of that pride and allow the spirit to do her work. Or as in the story of Naaman, yes, we'll get back to that, the cure for leprosy was just to let the water do its work and wash you, Naaman. And so he's, he's gently encouraged by his servant, Sir, if he had asked you to do something harder, would you not have done it? So why don't you just do what he says? Go wash. Let the water do its work. And Naaman has a change of heart. We don't know exactly what happened. Perhaps it was instant. Or maybe it took some more time. Maybe it was each time that he had to enter the water. And he had to do that seven times. And each time, maybe a little smudge of pride came off. And the barriers and the walls around his heart with each splash of water. And soon he was completely cleansed, both inside and out. And it says his flesh was like that of a young child. And perhaps his heart was too. Perhaps his heart, with all the hurts and all the scar tissues, was also cleaned off and became like the skin of a child, the open heart of a child. And as we see, he has this conversion. And the next thing he wants to do is just go back to the prophet Elisha, confess his faith in the God of Israel alone. And he wants to thank Elijah with the gifts he has brought, expressing his gratitude. The proud Naaman has humbled himself, letting the water wash over him seven times. He is healed. He has moved out of his comfort zone and has found healing and peace. He becomes a new person inside and out, a new believer in this God of Israel. Going on a journey out of one's comfort zone to eat whatever is put in front of you, to accept hospitality, to learn a new skill, reminds us that we are not in control. We are not such big stuff. But we serve a big God whose spirit moves and breathes through us and moves through the stranger who welcomes us, who feeds us, through a powerless slave girl, through the poor ones, through those on the margin. God is present where we least expect it, in the dirty waters of Jordan 
and in the simple acts of hospitality. In the waters of baptism, in a meal of bread and wine. There is a plaque that hung on our wall, uh, in a, uh, on our wall in my family's home, which I would uh, look at as I passed down the hallway. It was from my brother who went on a trip to Cornavaca, Mexico, and, and then gave this as a gift to my parents. And there's a saying on it in Spanish that says this, Donde jefe he amor, donde he amor he paz, donde he paz esta Dios, donde esta Dios no la falta nada. And it, the translation in English is this, where there is faith, there is love. Where there is love, there is peace. Where there is peace, God is. And where there is God, nothing is lacking. The picture on the screen that you see was taken from the rooftop of a home that our team built. And sometimes you, you have to get into a different place and have a different perspective to have your eyes open. And in the background, you can see many homes, but high in the hills, there is a white cross watching over the neighborhood. Can you see it? It is that cross that reminds us that God is with us on this journey. God met us there in Mexico, in the people and the hospitality of those we encountered. And God is here and meets us here in the waters of our baptism, in the meal we share today at his holy table to offer us both healing and peace. So as Jesus instructed the 70, may we too eat whatever is set before us today as we join at the table to eat Christ's body and drink his blood given and shed for us. And may we trust that the waters of our baptism will do the work of cleansing us and then may we go out sent here from the Spirit to share the peace of the Lord with all of those that we meet along the way. Amen.